setting up a new tour company, I think is difficult, especially post pandemic, but there's definitely a ripe market out there now. We've, I mean, we have so much demand that we can barely keep up with it at the moment. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week, I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello. My name is Kara and welcome to episode 37 of the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. In the age of social media, it can sometimes feel impossible to grow a business without sharing your life on Instagram or spending big bucks on expensive ads. However, today's guest is proof that patience, hard work, and of course, a super high quality product can still result in fantastic growth. Lisa Benjamin and her husband Tom first launched Go Cotswolds, a boutique bus tour company that takes visitors around the Cotswolds in 2014. What started as a one-man operation has grown into an award-winning business with over 900 TripAdvisor reviews. Their tours are so highly acclaimed that even Rick Steves himself paid them a visit and wrote them a raving review in one of his guidebooks. Today, we hear Lisa's story of how she and her husband have built Go Cotswolds up to what it is today using organic and grassroots strategies that prove you don't need a big budget or a huge following on social media to have a super successful business. Lisa is a breath of fresh air and learning how this tour company has grown over the years is so inspiring. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Here is Lisa Benjamin of Go Cotswolds. All right. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Great to have you here today. Hi, thanks for having me. I was so excited when I found your website because Go Cotswolds, you offer tours in the Cotswolds, which for listeners who are unfamiliar with the Cotswolds, I highly recommend that they go onto their laptops and do a little Google search of what the Cotswolds looks like because it is just an absolutely beautiful part of the country and an area with, in a sense, a lot of tourism, but not necessarily a lot of local knowledge is, is what I've found. Kind of a lot of big buses that pass through. Just, so to find someone or a company based there and offering these local tours is is just wonderful. So thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Yeah, you described it pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear about how you got into travel to, to begin with, because, you know, tell us where you're from, you know, what what sparked that interest and then why you decided to start your business. Okay, so I'm uh, Lisa Benjamin. I'm originally from the southeast of England, from Kent. And then in 2007, after a brief uh, stint as a teacher, I went traveling around the world. Um, And long story short, I met my husband on that trip. And he's also British. His name's Tom. Um, So we got together and da 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 da. Um, Then 
after we'd been together for a little while, we were both kind of, once we got back from traveling, we both fell into these jobs that we hated. Um, he was working for, um, as a salesman for an engineering company. And I got made redundant from a publishing company and was kind of fumbling my way in various jobs uh, and not doing, not being very happy in those jobs. Um, so we went traveling again. <laughs> and then on that trip, we decided to do something different. Once we got back from our trip, we, we quit our jobs already and we decided we were going to do something different. So for Tom, my husband, he'd always had this idea burning in the back of his head. He, he's from Stratford-upon-Avon. He'd always had this idea burning in the back of his head that he wanted to have a tour company and, and to take people on tours. And being based in Stratford-upon-Avon, which is already a pretty touristy town, it seemed like a great place to do it. And we have Cotswolds right on our doorstep. So he set it up. And, and to start with, it was Tom on his own. He bought this old second or maybe third-hand minibus mm-hmm. um, and kind of did all the exams and licenses that he needed to get started as a minibus operator and um, printed off a bunch of leaflets and handed them out in hotels and B&Bs around Stratford. And that's kind of where Go Cotswolds got started. And and for a few years, that was how it kind of continued. He was just one man in his van driving around the Cotswolds with a, a few customers. Um, and then we got married, had a daughter, and after I, after I kind of returned to work after maternity leave, I joined him on board as a director. And, and from that point on, that was 2018, we um, kind of started to make Go Cotswolds a proper company <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was going to pay both of us a wage and, and also give us something for the future as well. So that's kind of how it all got started. So we went traveling love travel and decided to start a travel company. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. I mean, I love going on tours when I travel. So it's something it's, it's a, yeah, an industry that I've always been fascinated in. I've worked in for a long time now. Uh, I love how organic and grassroots your approach has been, uh, yeah. especially <laughs> starting with just buying a secondhand uh, minivan, minibus and mm-hmm. handing out leaflets. Uh, let's talk about that transition period then from 2018 when you were more of a, kind of mom and pop business to a, a proper business, as you say. Uh, what what did you do to make that transformation happen? Well, in some ways, I still feel like we are a pretty um, grassroots. I, get, I almost have a bit of imposter syndrome sometimes. People think that Go Cotswolds is a bit bigger than we really are, maybe, but we've got a very good reputation, which is great. How do we make the transition? I think having two of us working full time definitely helped. Um, so Tom was tour guide primarily, and um, I did everything else but drive the minibus. Although I can drive the minibus, <laughs> so I, I I put started to put a lot more effort into the website and social media, and just making connections with people, getting our name out there. So yeah, put a lot more um, sort of ad- administrative and uh, networking effort into the business, and that's definitely paid dividends. That's great. And I mean, that's how I first found you was on Instagram. You had such beautiful photos of the Cotswolds. And again, everyone go look at their Instagram because the, <laughs> the photos are just, just incredible. So what was, was social media your main means of marketing or where were you using that marketing energy? Uh, so yes, we do a lot on social media. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Probably still don't use them to their full potential, but yeah, the Cotswolds is very photogenic, so it definitely lends itself very well to Instagram and sort of photo sharing and video sharing platforms. We've also 
paid a lot of attention to getting our guests to leave TripAdvisor reviews. So we've actually just ticked over onto 900 TripAdvisor reviews and that's done really well for us too. We've also got, we are listed in uh, Rick Steve's travel guide too, which has been huge. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So one of, when we sort of went to a limited company in 2018, we started putting a lot more effort into networking and getting our name out there and reaching out to people. And one of those people was uh, Rick Steve's. And he joined us for a tour in 2019 and uh, wrote some lovely things about us in his guidebook. And um, Rick has a very devoted army of followers who uh, quite often will now come on our tours, which is really great. <laughs> That's incredible. Did you have actually Rick Steves on your tour or? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of his researchers came first and then he came out uh, maybe a week or so later. That's incredible. That is, yeah, he is, especially in the US and especially the West Coast of the US, which is where I went to university. uh, He is, I mean, yeah, exactly what you say. People will go wherever he says to go. So that's an incredible (laughs) endorsement to have. Yeah, we were really chuffed with that. So yeah, it was definitely very helpful getting our, um, a lot of our customers are American anyway, because there's a, I don't know, a a strong connection between Americans and British people anyway. And they just love the Cotswolds and the little cute villages. But um, yeah, having Rick's stamp of approval was was really great. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So did you just reach out to a generic email address or how did you actually get in touch to start with? Actually, what happened was one of our customers went on a tour, came on a tour and um, wrote some nice things about us on his travel forum. Um, and th- and told us that she'd done this so we thought okay well maybe we should just follow up so yeah we we just contacted I don't know info at Rick Steves or whatever it was and um, quite a long time afterwards someone got in touch with us one of his researchers got in touch with us and said uh, yeah Rick's interested in coming on a tour so wow absolutely <laughs> incredible <laughs> that is and, and have you done any other networking or have you tried to get other endorsements in a similar way not on the same scale as that, but more locally, we've made lots of connections with other local companies, particularly during COVID. A lot of the other Cotswolds tour guides came together and we had this WhatsApp group and kind of helping helping each other out. And, and still today, people will pass work between each other and we recommend each other to, to customers. If our product isn't a good fit for someone who's inquired with us, then we'll pass those details around. We're a member of a couple of different um, destination management organizations. So they've been incredibly helpful with um, networking, different different businesses coming together in the local area, as well as signposting us to funding and PR opportunities and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, we, we like to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you get ahead. I'm a big fan of saying yes as well. Yeah. So you mentioned the destination destination management organizations. How did you get involved with them tell us about how, how that relationship developed so rather serendipitously around the time that Tom first started up um, on his own the destination management organization for our local area um, Stratford-upon-Avon and South Warwickshire was just being set up and um, so he kind of got in at the right time um, and was kind of one of the first members of that organization and it's it's grown since then and kind of changed and evolved over the over the years but yeah, because we've been there right from the beginning, I think they're, they're incredibly supportive of what we do. And um, there's no other company in Stratford-upon-Avon doing what we do either. So we're a nice link between Stratford, a touristy town, and the Cotswolds, a touristy area, which isn't far away. But previously, there was no connect between the two. And we've kind of provided that link. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And you also mentioned your incredible number of ratings on TripAdvisor. Are you selling your tours on OTAs like TripAdvisor, Viator, uh, Get Your Guide, that sort of thing? Yes, we are. We sell tickets on TripAdvisor, Viator, Get Your Guide. Um, and there's also this visit a Visit Britain platform called TXGB that we have signed up to as well. So yeah, we do sell tickets on them. We 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 take bookings manually on those platforms. We don't have instant book on certainly not on TripAdvisor because we're still a small company and there's still just me and Tom managing things. We um we don't we haven't kind of looked into the connected booking software and all that kind of stuff to be able to manage different OTAs. But that said, yes, we are on OTAs and they've been really useful for us actually. Uh, a lot of people have bad things to say about OTAs and how much commission they take. And But actually, during, especially during COVID, it's been really useful for us to not have to refund those customers that, that cancelled because we don't get paid until after the customers have been on the tour. So, um, yeah, it's, that was actually quite useful. And it gets your name out there as well. If you factored the commission costs into your tour price, then it doesn't matter that they take commission and, and it actually helps to get you out there to people that wouldn't find your website organically. So yeah. yeah, there's definitely a lot of good that can be that can come from promoting your tours on OTAs. Uh, yeah, and but there is a bit of a divide, I guess, in the industry of whether they're worthwhile or not. It does seem that people who promote their tours on OTAs do a fairly good success rate. And like you said, as long as you factor in that commission then it's it's not cutting too much into your your overall profits. Uh, so fascinating. So you're promoting on OTAs, you're working with local destination management organizations, promoting on social media. You've got great PR with really reputable <laughs> guidebook <laughs> connoisseurs. Uh, any other major marketing platforms or strategies that you've implemented? I think that's enough. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think that's enough as well. That's great. There's, there's a lot more that we could be doing that we're not, but because we're still such a small team, yeah, we're, we're kind of at the limit of what we can handle at the moment. So we're kind of on this tipping point now where we are starting to think about employing staff to do some of the jobs that we, Tom and I do ourselves now. We do have a couple of guides who work with us. So we, Tom doesn't do all the tour guiding anymore. But from an administrative point of view and marketing, we, we outsource a little bit to some people. But yeah, we definitely need to start recruiting for some um, extra help so we can take advantage of marketing opportunities that we could be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to get into you know what your plans for the future are with this business. But I'm curious if you've like so many other businesses in the tourism industry have you seen a lot of growth in the last two months or so ever since you know COVID's kind of quieted down and everyone's really eager to get back to travel it has gone absolutely bonkers <laughs> <laughs> we um I just totted up the figures that in May and last so last month May we had our best May ever like even before the pandemic and by a long way too it was huge we've for the first time ever, we've been running tours every single day and um, some days having more than one tour out as well. We have two two minibuses, which doesn't sound huge compared to a lot of companies, but for us, this is huge. So, And we've been selling them out It's and turning people away and people getting some, some people getting a bit upset that they can't come on our tours because they planned their holiday around coming on one of our tours and then they find that they couldn't book the tour because it's already sold out. So, yeah, we're having some 
interesting challenges now that we're getting really, really busy. Yeah, yeah, definitely challenges, but good challenges to have, especially after the last two years. (laughs) Good problems to have. (laughs) So let's talk about what you actually offer. I'm on your website now. It's it seems like a mix of public tours that people can book through the various platforms and join a, a wider group, or you can also book a private tour. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So we have um, our two main products. Well, um, our one main product is what we call our Cotswold Dinner Day Tour. So this is um, a per-person tour, so people can buy individual tickets to join the tour. Um, it's a small group of up to 16 people, and uh, we take them around the Cotswolds for a beautiful day out. Last year, we launched a new tour, so just in the summer months, which is our Walks and Villages Tour. So this one, Tom and I are both quite active people. We like running and walking and doing all kinds of stuff. So um, we wanted to do, or he wanted to do, a tour that gets people walking out in the Cotswolds, which is kind of one of the things that the Cotswolds is famous for, apart from the villages, is its walking trails and the countryside. So we wanted to provide a different tour to show people that side of the Cotswolds as well. So we have that on, um, not every day, it's only maybe once or twice a week, but um, that's that's another tour that we offer for a per person price as well um, and then we do offer private tours so because we have a 16 seater minibus our private tours are best suited to larger groups that there are lots and lots of tour guides in the Cotswolds who offer private tours but they mostly only have small cars or at best eight seaters so um, because we have more seats then we can have these larger groups and, and accommodate them as well. Do they make up of like what kind of percentage does that the private tours make up of your overall business would you say a smallish percentage but it has been growing um we've started getting inquiries from conference groups staying in oxford and um sort of large family groups and a couple of universities who are doing foreign exchange programs in fact um i think tom is out on a private tour next week for a, a, a university who are doing a trip from America to to the UK, and he's showing them around the Cotswolds for the day. And um, so, yeah, a small percentage is private tours, but yeah, definitely. Now we've increased our capacity, and we have more guides and a couple, two buses, not just one. Yeah, we're we're in, trying to expand on that. That's great. And for the Cotswolds in a day, your signature tour, are you including any meals, any activities, any entrance fees, or is it describe what that experience is like? Yeah, no, we wanted to keep the cost down. So we don't include any entrance fees or, or food or drinks. Um, we wanted to make it accessible for lots of people to join our tour. It's already quite expensive to travel around the UK. And a lot of our customers come up from London or from Oxford on the train, which is already, again, a significant expense, especially coming from London. So to make our tours accessible and affordable, especially for single travellers as well, we get a lot of um, solo travellers on our tours and the only other option for solo travellers or couples or very small groups is to take a private tour, which is great, but it's very, very expensive, especially a lot of the tour guides operate at the kind of luxury end of the market. So we wanted to provide something a bit different, have a tour that was more affordable for average people. And um, yeah, that's, so that's what we tried to do with that tour. Yeah, I think you're very, very reasonably priced. I mean, from £50 for the day is is incredible. And as someone, when I first moved to London, I was desperate to go to the Cotswolds. And I remember looking up, I didn't have a car, I didn't have access to a car and looking how I could 
do it. And it's a really difficult part of the country to get around if you don't have a car. There's very few train mm-hmm. stations and they're not necessarily in the ideal places because uh, mm-hmm. it's quite a large area as well. It's Yeah, it is quite big. And I think people don't realize how big it is and also how difficult it is to get around, especially to, to our American visitors. They think nothing of a two hour drive. But when you're driving on single track country lanes, you know, with a tractor coming towards you and, they do, you know, it's not very well, it's not very easy to get around. Um, there's also the, the driving on the wrong side of the road, <laughs> issue, which a lot of people don't like to do. So yeah, we, we take the take the stress out of that. <laughs> yeah, my parents were just visiting from the US and my dad in particular was not a fan of the single track <laughs> roads yeah. with the really tall hedgerows and <laughs> traffic coming every which way. So uh I mean it's a great it's a great tour experience that you're offering in a in a, in a beautiful part of the country. What what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced as a as a business owner trying to grow uh this independent tour company? Our biggest challenge, well, right now is having too much to, that we can cope with. <laughs> when you um, invited me to be on this podcast, I had a bit of imposter syndrome. I was like, we're just we're just a husband and wife team. We're too small. Surely she doesn't want to learn about what we do. But we have this really great reputation. So people do think that we're a bigger company than we are. Don't appreciate that when you know I'm replying to your email at midnight. It's not because we have a 24-hour call center. It's because I'm awake at midnight, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that that's a, that's a challenge in itself because people have high, very high expectations, and we have our own high expectations. But we have to try and manage that as well. We are at that point now where we do need to look into connected booking software and using some technology to kind of make our lives easier. I think because we had our fingers burned by the pandemic and we're still not sure how steady travel is going to be over the next few years. We're still a little bit reluctant to invest too much money in that sort of thing. But yeah, it's definitely something we need to look into. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just um, earlier this week interviewed Corrine Johnson and she specializes in creating systems for optimization and automation, uh, more so for travel agents, travel advisors, but she was speaking about just the importance of having those kind of systems in place so that when you do eventually get really busy, you can actually handle the, the amount of work com- that's coming in. Cause that's, that's yeah. often the tricky part is you might be able to deliver those tours on the road, but to actually handle all the correspondence and the bookings and all that is, is a lot of work in itself. Yeah. It is. And we, we like the, the small family business aspect of our company and, we don't want to lose that. So that's, I think we're a bit nervous of, of that as well. Like if we automate everything and have software to do this, that and the other, we'll lose that personal touch and we will just become another faceless coach, big coach company, which we don't want to be. We're still very much a small family business and we don't want to lose that. But yes, yeah, so it's getting that balance right, I think. Yeah, definitely. Which I guess brings me to the question I mentioned earlier of what are you hoping to do with the business in the future? Do you have any goals for the next you know, three, five years, um, where would you like to see it go? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to grow the company a bit more without getting too huge. We don't want to. We don't want to be a faceless corporation, but um, it would be nice to get a few more guides, definitely. So my husband Tom can take some time off. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be nice to have some more staff in the office. We have too many buses now. Our the limiting factor against growing in size is that our current premises, we only have space for two minibuses. 
So if we were going to get any bigger, we would need to move to new premises. And the current premises we have are my in-laws driveway. So we would have to then start paying for premises and offices, office space. Um, and that kind of obviously increases our costs quite significantly. So if we're going to do something bigger, we need to go all in and, you know, do it properly <laughs> and do it, go, go big or go hard, go home. Yeah. Yeah, that is tricky. There's there's a lot more risk involved when you start going bigger, but I guess the reward, if you don't do it right and you're successful in it, then the reward can be that much bigger as well. Yeah, I think we, we're very mindful now. We're sort of approaching our 40s. Well, I'm approaching my 40s. My Tom already is 41. And now we have a daughter as well. We, we want to ensure that the business we've created is not just paying ourselves a salary, but that it's something that will grow and that we can, you know, maybe one day sell or whatever or hand down to our family so that we have something that's a bit more future-proof. So we have, we're building something for our future as well. Absolutely. Would you imagine, would you like to offer more tours or would you prefer to just get more passengers on the tours that you currently offer? I would really like to offer a range of tours. There's, there's so much potential for the Quatswazers, different kinds of specialty tours, different um, collaborations that we could make. We already do um, a brewery and pub tour. So we have um, a relationship with a local brewery and an amazing pub in the Cotswolds. Um, so we do a tour with them that runs once a month at the moment. So yeah, there's, there's so much scope for other collaborations with other local businesses in the Cotswolds, which would be really exciting. Um, but yeah, at, at the moment, it's a little bit beyond us. But yeah, we, we definitely want to do something like that in the future. It's hard when you're super busy to take the time to actually think about <laughs> future definitely. things. Uh, it's it's a lot of just trying to manage the plates that you're dealt at the moment. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, another another option, another sort of expansion option could be to offer more pickup points. So we currently run out of Stratford-Bonavon. Um, we also have a pickup point at Morton in Marsh, which is a train station where people can connect from London and Oxford. But there is definitely scope for perhaps an Oxford starting point or a Cheltenham starting point, other other pickup points around the Cotswolds. I'd also like to get uh, see more of our private tours and get perhaps doing some more of those, perhaps with conference organisers or uh, university groups. That would be really great to do more of those. So yeah, lots and lots of ideas. <laughs> oh, that is fun though. <laughs> It's such an inspirational story. I love how grassroots homegrown it is. It seems like it's doing phenomenally well. Even though you might feel you have a bit of imposter syndrome, you've got so much expertise and knowledge to offer. If someone's listening to this and maybe they're, they've got a dream of starting a, a tour company in their local area, what kind of advice would you, would you share with them? I think networking and making friends is definitely a key. And not seeing, so, so in the Cotswolds, there are lots of other tours, as I mentioned earlier, lots of other tour companies in the area offering private tours. And it's important not to see them as your enemies. They're your, they should be your, they're not your competitors really, because we all have your own little niche. Um, so making friends with them and utilizing their strengths and your strengths and coming together because people can open doors for you and introduce you to people that you wouldn't have met on your own. If you've got any problems or issues, someone has always had that issue before. So talking to people is definitely a way to help you see that it's not so overwhelming that someone else has had that issue before. Setting up a new tour company, I think, is difficult. 
especially post-pandemic, but there's definitely a ripe market out there now. We've, I mean, we have so much demand that we can barely keep up with it at the moment. Whether that will last, I don't know, but we hope so. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you say networking is so essential and, and building friendships rather than viewing your you know, other tour companies in your area as your competition. And it's something that it seems like the most successful business owners have that approach. And it's a really, Mm. I think, healthy approach to have for your, for your mental well-being and just for the benefit of the industry in general. It's, it's much better to view other companies, other businesses as allies rather than competition. Mm, Definitely. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure getting to know you, Lisa, a pleasure learning more about your business. If there are listeners who would like to learn more about your business or yourself, where is the best place for them to find you? Uh, well, we have our website, which is www.gocotswolds.co.uk. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook at underscore Cotswolds. And on Twitter, we're at gocotswolds with no underscore. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. And yeah, best of luck in this crazy, crazy time. (laughs) Thank you very much.